Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Have you ever wondered what people think when they walk past your salon? Do they love the look of it or do they ignore it, move on? I think as human beings, we judge, right? It's part of our nature, even when we try not to. We often read and hear so many recommendations and opinions from others. But let's be honest, the strongest opinion you're going to make is based on what you see first. That's why it's important to see a salon as visually appealing, both online and on the street. How can we expect clients to walk through the doors if there's nothing that they see that draws them in? Well, today I'm chatting with founder of Crowdspring, Ross, knowing all the things marketing. He provides us with strategies on how to brand your salon in ways that attract more clients more often. So let's dive in and see what he has to say. Ross, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. So nice to have you here. We're so happy to be here talking with you and your listeners. So let's start with, Ross, where are you in the world? What do you do? And how did you get to be doing that? I am uh, just outside of Chicago, uh, Illinois, in the United States. Uh, I, um, uh, I run, I founded and uh, run a uh, company called Crowdspring.com. We're a global marketplace. Uh, Crowdspring helps entrepreneurs, businesses, agencies, and nonprofits with everything from custom logo design to packaging design, website design, and product design, including naming for every stage of their growing business. We started the business 13 years ago um, in an effort to reduce prices for business owners and individuals by a factor of 10 to 50 times less. And we have a community of 220,000 freelancers around the world in every country. I was a, an attorney for 13 years practicing law, uh, doing trial work, uh, complex commercial and intellectual property litigation. And like many entrepreneurs ran into a problem that I had a tough time solving. I was rebranding my law firm. I was a mid-sized Chicago firm and I got very frustrated working with agencies who were the traditional providers of design services to, to mid-sized companies. Uh, it was expensive. I didn't like their work. It took too long and in frustration, in 2006, I went home and said, there's got to be a better way for business owners, salon owners, other kinds of businesses to buy design services, writing services, naming services. And that ultimately turned into Crowdspring. Great. I love this idea. This is really, really great. So let's take a little of your expertise and uh, let's talk about uh design, visual design and brand, because it, I think it really is one of the really important pieces of owning a hair or beauty salon. Uh, as you eloquently said before, uh, we're visual human beings and people want to have a look in our window, so to speak, even if it's a digital window to, to see who we are as a brand before they decide to do business with us. So let's explore that somewhat. What do you think the brand identity is like what is a brand identity and how does it help us build that strong brand presence? 
So ultimately, let, let's talk about a couple of terms because I want to make sure uh, people are comfortable differentiating what a brand is from a brand identity. A brand identity is everything visual about your business. So it's your logo, it's your website, it's the signage outside your salon, it is um, the chairs and, and the equipment that you have when people walk in, it's your business cards, anything people can see, anything your employees can see, any, anything your staff and you can see. Your brand uh, is the sum total of experiences your customers, clients, and prospects have with, with your business. And so brand encompasses your visual identity. And the question is, why is visual identity important? Uh, it's critically important for every kind of business because people judge each other and they naturally judge businesses on the basis of credibility. And visual identity, for better or for worse, is the way we judge others. So when a person walks into a salon looking for services, they're going to look around. They're going to look to see, does it look clean? Um, are, the, um, are the people working there, uh, do they have good hairstyles? Or does it look like they got up in the morning and, and a child cut their hair? Because they don't want to trust their image just to anybody. They want to pick people who they think have a good self-image, who've done a good job. And it works the same with business brands. People want to trust brands that they think are professional, um, are clear, and uh, are done in good taste. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, um, for sure. And it is the little things I always remember somebody said to me, do you know, if, um, for example, the bathroom is dirty and unclean when a client visits the bathroom, the thinking really is that, uh, well, if they, if they don't care about the bathroom, they won't care about other things. So it's the little things that let us down, right? And that's precisely true. So it's everything visual, meaning that every touch point with a potential client uh, or with your existing clients is important. So things like the bathrooms, things like the sign, uh, if you're selling products, uh, the products you sell are important because ultimately you can be doing uh, great work in terms of hairstyles and haircuts. But if you're selling really poor products that are hurting people's hair, for example, uh, it's going to tarnish your brand image because it's your credibility on the line. So, so that's where, where brand identity is important. And at the end of the day, what, what people must understand is you have a brand and a brand identity, whether you take deliberate steps to create one or not. Because ultimately, if you do very little or do nothing, you still have a visual brand. It's just not a very good one. And it's not a very consistent one. And ultimately, you still have a brand because people are interacting with your business, but in a way that, that doesn't feel them, uh, leave them feeling particularly good. And, and that's where some salons and other businesses really struggle because one of the ways, especially today, and this is true in every country in the world, one of the ways that brands are differentiating from competitors is creating strong visual identities. We're just used to making credibility judgments based on what we see and secondarily based on what we hear. Uh, but what we see is most important because we process as humans 60,000 times faster whenever we see an image compared to when we read words. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. 
You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so let's say that we've decided as a salon owner that uh, our brand isn't as strong, our brand identity isn't as strong as we'd like it to be. Maybe there's a rebrand on the cards. Where should we start with this process? So there is a, a pretty good way to approach uh, rebranding, especially for an existing business. And ultimately, we have um, a couple of phenomenal guides that I'll share with you. One of the guides um, that, that would be great for Salon Hours is our guide on how to rebrand, where we talk about some of these issues. So there's something called a SWOT analysis, uh, S-W-O-T, and it stands for Strength weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's a concept that comes out of the business world. Bigger companies typically do these types of analyses to try to evaluate um, how they're doing and, and some opportunities. But this is a phenomenally good tool for small businesses like salons and, and other kinds of beauty businesses. Because at the end of the day, what you're trying to understand, uh, your business is doing some things right. Um, and those things are important because at the end of the day, you don't want your rebrand or, or a pivot in your business to eliminate the things you're doing right. What you want to do is ultimately keep the things you're doing really well and change the things that maybe you're not doing nearly as well, like your visual branding, for example. So a uh, place to start is to understand your mission, vision, and your core values. And, and a SWOT analysis can help you really do that um, and, and start building a strategy. Because one of the things that we find often happens. And, and we work with tens of thousands of businesses every year, helping them with, with rebrands. Um, people will start doing piecemeal things. You know, I'll fix my logo. I'll fix a couple of things on my website, but there isn't a strategy. And so your visual brand starts looking chaotic, like a Frankenstein, where it's hard to recognize if somebody walks into your salon, there's a particular style and color scheme and um, there are certain imagery, and when they see you on Facebook or they see you on Twitter or they see you at a local community event, it's using a totally different logo, different uh, color scheme, different potentially taglines. And so, so rebrand requires a strategy before you actually get into the nuts and bolts of how to rebrand. Yeah, okay, I like that. <laughs> Start at the beginning and create the whole big picture rather than just dive in and put the Band-Aid on. And, and there, are, there are, you know, three core things that you're going to be focused on uh, when, you, when you start building a strategy. One is going to be your audience. So, so ultimately, you're going to have an existing audience. And if you're running a salon and you're looking to rebrand, then, then like most other businesses, you, you believe that you could expand that audience um, and make it bigger. And, and maybe something is causing... Um, is causing some hardship for you. It may be that you're not growing your salon nearly as quickly as you want, 
Um, and there could be many reasons for that, but, but you need to understand who is your existing audience and, and the SWOT analysis helps you ask the questions. We actually share the questions you should ask and guide you along the way in, in, in this guide. You need to understand the market because you know it's rare that a salon is going to be um, dominant in a market without competitors. Uh, and so you need to understand who are the people that live in your area? Are they coming to salons generally for services? Uh, and are they coming to the salons in the area? Are they traveling somewhere else? And if they are leaving the area to go somewhere else, why are they doing that? What isn't being provided? And then you need to understand your competitors, uh, particularly those that are uh, doing especially well. And, and I know that there's often this advice from people that says, ignore your competitors, focus on what you do. It's really hard to operate a service business if you are oblivious to what other people are doing, because um, other salons that are successful may be doing some innovative things that are simply making your potential customers feel more comfortable or delivering services in a way that you haven't been delivering. So it's a mistake to ignore what's going on among your competitors, especially especially if you're running a local business. And you know, salons are local businesses; they're not providing services to people across the the, the uh, the globe for sure okay so we've got number one is uh who is our audience we're going to do a swot analysis uh what do we need to do next so you you've assessed the competition um the next step is is to collaborate with your team you know part of changing um and and pivoting or rebranding involves making sure that everybody in your team understands why you're doing it, what you're doing, and what you hope to get from it. And I think one of the mistakes that, that salon owners make, that business owners generally make, is they'll think about you know, rebranding and they won't share the details with their team. They won't share the reasons with their team. They'll just do it. And then one day they'll say, we've got a brand new uh, brand, we've got you know new t-shirts, we have a new logo, we have all this stuff, and people feel left out. And and it's not just that your team feels left out, it's that it's really difficult when you do a SWOT analysis, when you assess the strengths and weaknesses of your business, for you as the salon owner to truly appreciate all of your strengths and weaknesses. It's always important to get the perspectives of other people. And the people that are gonna know best the answers to some of those questions are the people that are working with you and for you uh, and your customers. So collaboration is really important as the next step. Okay, I love that because I agree with you. I don't think we do that enough. We don't bring our people in enough and uh, hold the weight of the business on our shoulders on our own. Uh, and not only can we share the weight uh, with our team, because then it's not weighty, um, it also brings our team in to be more connected and, and more loyal to us. So I think it's a win-win all round. Okay, so uh, we're clear on our audience. We've looked at the competition. We've collaborated with our team. We've come up with a new strong brand look, feel, identity. Uh, how do we make sure that we get that across all of the channels because it's one thing to have the plan have the strategy have the look there's a lot of places we need to think about so talk to me a little bit about being consistent across uh, all the all of the channels so there are two other things that you need to do before you you worry about consistency one of the important questions that you need to ask is are you going to change the name of the business too uh, because a visual identity can be very different depending on the name of the business. 
that words can have certain connotations. And some businesses that rebrand will change the name of the business. And there are lots of reasons to do that. Sometimes maybe you have a tarnished brand image because you ran into some problems, bad reviews from people. Sometimes the name of the business just isn't really um, covering the range of services that you offer. Maybe you started this business years ago and you were offering just haircuts and now you're offering a full range of spa services and, and, um, and the business name needs to change. So you have to make that decision because what happens after that is gonna be influenced by the name. But, but once you decide on the name change, if you change your name or if you don't, you're gonna rebuild your visual identity. And rebuilding a visual identity means looking at all of the visual assets that you have in your business. So it's your logo, which is gonna be the starting point. That's, it's, the logo is like your ambassador, it works. Um, it works everywhere you're not to help people memorize your business. Um, to your website, to your business cards, to marketing materials, to the signage that you use in the store. And this can be a, a complex process, although it doesn't have to be. So because it's complex, it's important to do your best to get it right when you're opening a salon. Uh, obviously, you want to you make sure that you have good, strong branding and you layer and, 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 and as you're doing and creating other assets that that branding stays consistently strong. But if you are rebranding, if you are in a situation where you're, you're at a point where you're frustrated with your current brand identity and you want a new one, you've got to rebuild those assets. You want to create a new identity. And one of the ways to ensure, whether you're an existing business or a new business, that your brand identity is visually consistent is to put together what's called a brand style book. And these don't have to be a hundred pages. These could be a few pages long, but essentially a style guide helps tell people how you're gonna use your visual brand assets. So for example, if you have a logo and you have two variations of that logo, the specific variations that people can use um, in um, whenever they publish your logo, <coughs> excuse me, if you have um, fonts, the specific fonts and the font sizes that are to be used when writing about your business on your website, um, on your blog, if you have a voice, a, a, a brand voice for your salon. So some salons could be very funny and irreverent. Some could be a little bit more serious. Some who cater to a more professional audience might be more professional. And so your voice is going to reflect your personality, and it's going to reflect the personality of the business that you're building. But ultimately, all that should go into the brand guide so that somebody who is asking the question, I need to build a new uh, business card, or I need to create a new landing page for the salon, um, shouldn't have to figure out what are the appropriate brand colors? Um, how do I properly use a logo? Um, what voice should I use if I'm writing copy for, for a website or for marketing materials? So the brand guide helps keep everything together. And then when you're hiring freelancers or designers or somebody on your team is creating something like a sign or a t-shirt, they can reference this guide to make sure that your brand is consistently represented in any new visual asset that you create. Okay. That's, that makes sense. And I think having that as a book and as a guide uh, is useful for internal team, especially with social media, as well as the external parties, right? It, it's useful for both. So, so yeah. your team obviously will, will want to know how to properly do it um, and, and what to properly actually share. So for example, if your brand um, loves to share 
uh, photos of clients and clients have signed off and said, this is great on social networks, then you ought to include some rules about, you know, what those what that sharing looks like. So for example, you know, for client safety, generally, you're not going to be printing the client's full first and last names, you might be just printing the first names, uh, you might not share photos of kids, um, unless you have a special situation, because there's a risk involved. And so those that brand guide might say, you know, when we share photos, uh, this is how we do it. And, and every photo should have our logo on it so that that our brand, our salon brand is associated with this photo. Otherwise, you're just sharing a photo of somebody. It doesn't actually help your business. And so, so those are those are important elements to help you convey that visual brand to your audience. Okay, so things like uh, what filter to use for the image, uh, right down to the hashtags that we use for the business, all of these things need to be in the brand guide. So everybody is on the same page and can do reinforce the brand that you are putting out to the world. Right. These are good examples. And, and ultimately, you know, as I said, you could start with a pretty simple guide. Here, here's our logo. Here are the colors. Um, and you can have the actual digital and print colors that should be used in the logo because digital and print, there's a little difference. So when you view something on a computer screen, the color uh, is a little different than when you print it on a piece of paper. And depending on the cardstock that you print it on, like business cards, for example, color may look a little different. So your designer should be able to give you these color codes so that you don't have to worry two years later when you have to modify your logo, what, what's my color? Um, mm. You ought to be able to have that. And so ultimately, this is a living document in that as you add things to your visual identity, you might include more of them into your into your brand guide. All right, amazing. We've talked about a lot of steps here, starting with the SWOT. We need to organize, be super clear about our audience, make sure we do some assessment around our competition, make sure we collaborate with our team, reassess whether or not we're going to change name and create uh, a full rebranded visual identity and make sure that we come out with a style guide. I love this. Before we uh, prepare to wrap up, have we missed any steps, Ross? I think that's pretty much it. As I said, we, we have a couple of really strong, strong guides on, on these topics. So, um, and I'll share with you if, if you hit, if you want to share in the show notes, um, one is on, on um, how to rebrand, you know, the steps that we just talked about. It's at crowdspring.com slash blog slash how dash two dash rebrand. And then the other one uh, is a 21,000 word guide on uh, building a strong brand identity. So if you're a new salon or, or a relatively new salon, um, that guide would be great for you. And it's crowdspring.com slash blog slash brand dash identity. Uh, we cover every element, fonts and shapes and, and colors. And, and ultimately, you know, visual brand involves so many different elements and, and salon owners know that the color they use to paint walls in the salon, the, the color of the chairs and everything else in there is important. And these are, or should be at least deliberate choices to try to influence how your audience feels, audience feels about your salon. Amazing. All right, um, Ross, being a business owner yourself, what is a quote or a mantra that has kept you going, kept you strong in business ownership that you can share with us today? So one thing I've learned, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I read a lot. Um, I talk to a lot of people. Uh, but one thing that I've learned fundamentally, uh, both in myself, as well as having, having talked to and mentored hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years, 
is it's really important to take the step to actually do the things that you're thinking about doing as opposed to continuously learning and studying and reading. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times quick action has saved me enormous headaches later. You learn best by actually doing than, than, than theoretically reading things. And so I would encourage every business owner, whether you're, it's a salon business owner or any kind of business, you know, do a small amount of preparation, obviously put together a strategy, but you're going to learn much faster and make significantly more progress if you just take that first step and actually start doing and then reacting to what, what happens uh, as opposed to waiting and planning. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think uh, jumping off the cliff and working out how to do it on the way down has always, <laughs> has always been my strategy because <laughs> then you have to work it out. I love it. Absolutely. All right, we'll put the show notes to those. Uh, we'll put the links to those uh, resources and guides that you're sharing with us. Thank you, Ross, in the show notes. Appreciate your time today taking us through that. Um, please, can you just remind us where can we find you, stalk you, and uh, give us your dub-dub and your socials? Sure. Uh, Crowdspring.com, C-R-O-W-D-S-P-R-I-N-G. Um, so you can find us there. Our blog is at crowdspring.com slash blog. And on Twitter, uh, you can find Crowdspring at Crowdspring and me at Ross Kimbarovsky. So you'll, you'll have that, I'm sure, in the show notes. Happy to connect with people. Thank you so much, Ross. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Ross. Loved having you and chatting. Branding is such a complex topic. I totally know this. And it's nice to have it broken down like that, which was great. So what did you love about this podcast? Come and tell me, talk to me in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. The link to join us is in the show notes below uh, on the website of this episode, www.salonownerscollective.com. I'd love to learn more about what you have to say. All right, till next time, same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.